friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store for you. But first, if you listened to Monday's show, you know that we announced just to you that the That Sounds Fun podcast is going on the road this summer. I cannot wait, y'all. I'm so excited. We're giving you the first chance to purchase the tickets to the show today. Our team has worked hard to ensure these nights are safe and fun to attend. So we'll be making sure to follow all the COVID guidelines in the city the night of the show. So you guys, visit AnnieFDowns.com and use the code FRIEND to purchase your tickets right now. I'm going to be sharing about this on Instagram tomorrow, on Friday. So you need to go ahead and get your tickets today on Thursday, April 8th, to claim your spot. I just want you guys to have first dibs on the VIP, on all the things, on the cities you want to be in. So today is your day to go get tickets, AnnieFDowns.com. Again, the code is FRIEND. Of course it is. It's FRIEND. We're going to have special guests in every city, you guys. Eye-opening interviews. You're going to love comedy with our guest from Monday, Mike Goodwin. Friends, confetti, all sorts of stuff, you guys. It's my first headlining tour, y'all. Y'all, we've got to be there together. Again, that's AnnieFDowns.com, and the code is FRIEND to buy your tickets today before I tell anybody else. Like, for real, I'm not mentioning it on Instagram until tomorrow on Friday. So today, friends, get your tickets today. Hey, on the show today is my good buddy, John Acuff. He was back on episode 52. He's a New York Times bestselling author, and his new book called Soundtracks just came out on Tuesday. Y'all, our staff is reading it together. We are absolutely learning, growing. This is an incredible book that is so helpful. I think you're gonna really, really love it. So here's my conversation with my friend, John Acuff. Um, John, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. Right yeah, back. Yeah, thanks for having yeah. me. You've been on here one time. I think years ago. Year, I mean. Yeah, it's been a while. I feel like it was early days. My hair was so dark. Yeah. I remember you saying that. You were like, John, your hair is a rich, deep brown. I'm and sure. I was like, thank you. And now you didn't bring that up today, which is weird, but we'll get, Listen, we'll get there. I need you to know I am, this is a hilarious way to, for you to start because I am in the, the depths of a conversation with myself about whether to dye my hair. Well, I, my opinion on men is it's so fake. Like whoever are the scientists that develop hair color, yeah. like they give the PhDs to the women's division and the men, <laughs> they give interns. Like the I, interns are like, you want me to whip up some hair color? When you see a man <laughs> whose hair is colored, it's so obvious. And then the guy has to do the thing where they're like, do I dye my eyebrows? Yeah. And so then you've got super jet black eyebrows as a mm-hmm. dude. And you're like, so I, I think like, I love like, Choose if you want to color your hair, but like for a dude, it just, I always feel like it looks like Tom Selleck's mustache. Like it's so yeah. obvious. Like, yeah. Yeah. And the rest of his face isn't dark brown. <laughs> his head and one eyebrow yeah. is really. Yeah. So. Now I want to like all the way confirm you've been on the show. You have, right? I think I have. Yeah. I'm just going to ask myself one quick time because I'm like, 
Surely. If you have some sort of system that answers that for you easily, other than Google, I'm, everything you do is impressive to me. Uh, you're very kind. I, I rang a doorbell to get into this office today. I was like, dang <laughs> it, Annie F. Downs. Annie F. Downs. How do you have a I was like, How I've got to get a doorbell. How dare you have a doorbell? I've got to get a doorbell. <laughs> we keep meaning to remove the sign that says ring. I rang it, too. I was like, oh, I guess. It's like, oh, it's hey. like, yeah, because when you get into the hallway that leads to our door, you hear us. You could, you I could me. hear you, but you sounded serious. And so I was like, I better. <laughs> now I don't tell everyone what we were doing. You were picking um, menu items that, for Dollywood. We were and most of them involved sugar Dollywood. biscuits. That's right. But I still <laughs> rang the doorbell. <laughs> That's right. Um, I was right. You're episode 52. Oh, nice. Or we were both right. I'm not like, oh, nice. but I'm glad we weren't wrong. Yeah. Yes. Well, you're very welcome here. And so much of, I, I've told you this, so much of how I've learned how to run a business is the stuff you've taught. Mm-hmm. through start, through finish, I mean, through all your writing and work. So it is a cyclical appreciation. Oh, I love it in here. I, off the air, asked you, hey, can I bring my team up here and ask your team some questions? Because it's just so fun to be right down the road and watch mm-hmm. you build that you're building. I'm just Thank super you. excited for you. Wow, you're kind. And speaking of our hair changing colors, we've been friends a long time. Yeah. We've yeah. seen a lot of this. And you love my you love my kids. Like oh, you've been an influence on my kids for years and years. Yeah. So this is this is a fun conversation. I told you you're going to have to kick me out. So. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I will kick you out because I, I have to get will. my nails you done. You got to pick other desserts. So, probably. yeah. There's a dessert. We got a coffee we got a coffee cake meeting at 4. Yeah, so we need this you to is go. Gonna be over so quick. Okay, first of all, you've talked about this a little bit. I've heard you in other conversations but I'd like you to say it to us. Your 2020, your, I mean, because so much of your life is traveling and doing yeah. corporate events and speaking. What was it like for you? Well, in March, on like March 15th, I texted my friend who's a public speaker and I was like, I think the first half of the year is going to be tough for a lot of people, which is adorable. The first half <laughs> of the year, like in June, you'd be That's like, sweet. That's a wrap. Yeah. Wrap it up. <laughs> COVID was great. I cried uh, about Easter. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was oh, cute. I missed Easter. Yeah. So, <laughs> No, I mean, my, you know, I would say 70% of my job is public speaking and it all got put on pause. Yeah. It either got canceled or moved to 2021 or even 2022. So I had to kind of reinvent. So I'd say I had eight, like maybe 12 grumpy weeks where I was just frustrated and disappointed. But I came to a point like I wrote this book, Soundtracks, about overthinking, like what's a soundtrack I can listen to? And I, my decision was I can pine or I can plan. Mm-hmm. I can pine wishing the old way was here and I can't mm-hmm. believe I have to do these new things. Or I can plan with what I know is true currently. So mm. then I so I said, okay, like enough pining. Like I always tell people, throw a pity party, just throw the world's shortest pity party. Yeah. Like don't live there. Yeah. Like, but uh, but express it, feel be frustrated, yeah. feel it. Um, so yeah, so then I had to kind of go, okay, I'm gonna launch a podcast, I'm gonna do virtual events, like I'm gonna figure out new things. And like I keep telling people, please do that. Like, mm-hmm. please, because my concern is people are going to get waist, like waitressed, and that's not even a real word. But like, I was in a Chili's at the airport because I ball, obviously. Uh, right. What um, did you get though? Um, I got a cheeseburger. I didn't get oh. baby back ribs. I'm getting on right. a plane. Like, <laughs> what am I? Thirteen. I can't resist a south southwestern egg roll. Oh yeah, yeah. Where you're like, let's ruin every culture all at once. <laughs> Um, no, but so I was in there and there was one waitress manning the entire restaurant because mm-hmm. they have QR codes and the bartenders bring over the food. So if you think restaurants are going to go back to full waitressing ever, you're crazy. Wow. Once businesses have decided we can staff this way and save this amount of money, jobs are going to change forever. And that has trickle up effects. So now the person, think about the corporate person training the waitresses, like that person loses a job. So like wow. my thing is everyone right now, regardless of what your job is, should be going okay, has 2020 changed my job in a way that I need to start making some smart moves? Wow. I have not one time thought about that. 
Well, yeah, but but you think but you have like a million other things going on. Like you're diversified in the same way that like I didn't have one job and then yep. public ske- speaking got put on pause and then I lost all that. I'm an author, I do consulting, I do coaching, I have, mm-hmm. you know, books. Like there's a bunch of different things. So, I think about being an entrepreneur like having seven faucets going. So, yeah. if the world turns off three, you've got four more. Right. Um and you go, "Okay, I got these four still going. I better add a fifth and a sixth." And that's mm-hmm. how I kind of look at life. And so, even if you're working at a company right now and it's a great company, I still think it's wise to go, "What's changing? What's shifting? Right. And how do I shift with it?" Right. So, what about our friends who are who's a surgeon or a friend who is a teacher or and they they kind of only have one job i still think a side hustle like one of the things i want to teach my kids is the value of a side hustle really i think it's really really important to always i think it keeps you curious yep i think it keeps you connected Mm -hmm. i think and let's say you're a surgeon i would still say you should be connected to a lot of people in your town Mm. like you should like you should put a value on i know networking is a cheesy word because we think of like the most cheesy person who's got like octopus arms and throws business cards right, at people right. and is always upgrading a conversation at a party because there's somebody more important. I don't mean that. I just mean the worst time to go, who do I really know is when you've lost your job. Yeah. The best time is every day mm-hmm. and, and build that network so yeah. that if you go through a bump moment, because everybody has a bump moment with their career, right. you have a network already and right. you have connections already. So I'm not saying you should do a side hustle as a surgeon, like you're you're, you're an ophthalmologist doing eye exams in an, <laughs> in an alley. Like right. I'm not saying that, but at least be an ophthalmologist who's connected to a lot of other ophthalmologists yeah. in your area. I, w- I went to Zany's last night, see some of our friends do stand up. And a guy I didn't know, a young black guy said, curiosity is a white man's game. Hmm. And I, and as part of a whole joke about like, why, why, do, why are white people wanting to go to Mars? Are the malls here not good enough? Like, <laughs> that's, like that's it was really a very good. like, that's really good. Only white people are thinking about going yeah. to Mars, but it does have me, it did, it did what good comedy does. And mm-hmm. it had me go home and had me thinking, is curiosity a privilege? No. So here's what I'd say to that. My brother in Nashville, the city we live in, runs one of the largest producers of minority entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So they do an academy that produces hundreds of minority entrepreneurs. So I know I can say, no, I know hundreds in this city. I know the Slim and Huskies guys who built an empire because they looked and said, we don't like that in predominantly African-American schools, you get two options. You can learn how to change tires because that's who comes here, or you can learn how to do hair. Mm. We want to show you can do pizza. We have an amazing pizza franchise. So yeah, I would never say, I mean, I think it might be different depending on, you know, your situation, your city or whatever, but at least in Nashville, I can say, nah, I know hundreds of minority entrepreneurs that look nothing like me that are way more curious than me. If anything, Mm -hmm. I can learn lessons from them. If we don't think we're curious, how do you start getting curious? Well, I mean, I think, I think you're not curious when you're, you're stuck in apathy. Nothing mm-hmm. kills curiosity like what's the point. And yeah. I think a lot of 2020 people suffered with what's the point. Like mm-hmm. there's no point. And part of it is how like the way times worked for the last year is, is kind of shady. You can't plan mm-hmm. everything. So I say like three days is firm. I know something's going to happen in three days. Three weeks is fuzzy. Three months is fictional. Yeah. So we've all been yeah. kind of like all these things got canceled, so we don't trust it. So I think part of it is just slow, like go into curiosity slowly. Mm. It doesn't have to be overnight. It doesn't yeah. have to be massive. Like you care about something. So at some point in your life, you cared about something. So mm. what does it look like for you to kind of reintroduce yourself to that thing? Yeah. I, yesterday, someone was here at the office and they said, oh, I hear you're flying somewhere on Thursday. And I was like, I mean, if planes fly on Thursday, it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. is something happening? And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't think so. But yeah. 
that, well, think I about told planning, you that a year ago. <laughs> planning social media content. Like you couldn't plan oh. that far out because you're like, unless there's a terrible tragedy that day, and then whatever I say is going to be insensitive. Yeah. Like I was going to make a joke about queso, but I don't want to like <laughs> something right. terrible might happen. It's like right. I can't tell you the number of times my social media manager texted me. He was like, hey, um, I'm going to pull that post because it was like a really funny picture about a dog. Uh-huh. But like, I don't think it's the time. But a thing like, happened. A and thing happened and nobody yeah. wants to see a picture of a Sheltie. Like yeah. it's just not, no offense <laughs> to Shelties. It's not the time. That's and right. it was like, and a, a week ago or two weeks before I couldn't have planned like, man, is that Sheltie going to somehow be a bad situation? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's part of it is people are so, so kind of shaken by that, mm-hmm. that I think it, you might have to slowly reenter. Yeah, I think it, I, even as I'm listening to my friends and myself talk about our social lives reentering, even that feels like it's going to have to be slower. Then we, we don't quite have the muscles to yeah. be as social as we were a year and a half ago. Well, everything's a thing. Uh-huh. Like, so the other day I was at somewhere and a person wanted to shake my hand, and in my head I was like, if I shake his hand, do I have like will he be ins- if, will he be insulted if I don't shake his hand? What if I give him an elbow? What if I uh, like fist bump him? What if I dip my hand into like a vat of hand sanitizer right <laughs> after and go? Excuse me, sir, I just want to scrub off the global pandemic That's you put right, on my that body. You shared. Like, and then I go, what? Like, are other people shaking hands here? Is this a handshaking environment? Is that a political statement? Yeah, that went through my head for a handshake two years ago. You know what I thought when somebody's like, hey, I want to shake your hand. I shook their hand. That's right. So the mental exhaustion is everything's a thing, mm-hmm. and you don't know what's not going to be a thing. Right. And so that's just tiring. It feels tiring all the time to me. Mm-hmm. And it's just this re-entry of like, oh, I, do I wear a mask here? Do I not wear a mask here? Do it this what is how do I feel? How do they feel? Handshake. Yep. Yeah, Where's their comfort level? What are you know, like right. comfort like even planning events? People keep asking me, are live events gonna return? And I keep saying, we're not gonna cancel something Socrates did. Like this is how we learned math <laughs> yeah. in like Greece. <laughs> so right. no, like we're of course we're gonna still have events, but things will change. Now yeah. event planners will have to understand comfort level. Mm-hmm. Where they never I mean, like they did like lighting, all these things, but now they have to go, okay, well, you know, is a speaker gonna be comfortable? What's mm-hmm. the sound team gonna be like? Like, and so there's just a lot of nuance that we have to deal with right now. I feel like um, a lot of people also, you can tell me I'm wrong all the time, but particularly right now, a lot of people also, I have heard and experienced are using, I don't feel good about that or I don't feel safe as an excuse to not do what they don't want to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think we always throw up disclaimers and like, we're the best at lying to ourselves. Mm. Like, that's why we need relationship. I 100% believe that 100% self-awareness is not possible. Right. Um, We need other people in our lives that have the freedom and the ability and the space to say, hey, when you did that thing, I think you might have meant this. Mm -hmm. Or that thing you said, I had um, somebody I worked with the other day that uh, said, this was at church. She came up and was like, hey, um, in that meeting we had, I wrote down, I wish John showed up before his impatience. Because you kicked the meeting off and were super impatient and super abrupt and ruined the whole meeting. And you really deflated the team, and it's going to cost us. And I was like, oh. oh and she was right. She said it at church? Yeah, she goes to church with me. Yikes. And she said it to at church in front of Jenny. And Jenny oh. was like, see? And I was like, oh. And she was right. And that's what I – like, I need people to tell me the truth yeah. so that I can then apologize to the team, so I can then work on that. Yeah. And, like, so – Yeah, I think that, I think, you know, we are able to give ourselves excuses. Um, And then the other thing is that I don't, you know, it's so much easier to hide and we're so isolated. And so that's where, like, 
I'm concerned with stuff like I re- read articles that say people are afraid of the doorbell, like because they'll they don't want to go up to the doorbell and they'll text wow. in the driveway, I'm here. And if somebody rings the doorbell, like who like who is I don't know. And so like the kind of disintegration of community we mm-hmm. have, I think is is really challenging. But a lot of that points to your new book, soundtracks to me because we're telling ourselves something when the doorbell over rings. Over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many of your books are great for entrepreneurs, for business people, for people growing, for mm-hmm. self-improvement. Soundtracks is different, John. This is like the everybody book. Oh, thanks. I appreciate you saying I that. I really mean that. And I know that that's not what marketing people want any of us to say. This is for this subgroup. Yeah, exactly. micro. I'm going to have like, it's for four people. It's yeah. for redheaded uncles that have mustaches, <laughs> but not right. like thick mustaches, <laughs> curly right. mustaches. And you go, that's right. great. They're going to feel so served. Yeah, they're going to feel really seen the rest yeah. of the world. But this one to me, I mean, we're we're having soundtracks about the doorbell. We have soundtracks in our mind about how our family works. When somebody doesn't text you back. How many times have you told yourself a story about why somebody didn't text you back? Listen, I've had relationships. I've broken up with someone in my mind over a non-text back and the phone was dead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is. It goes really deep. Well, that's what was interesting about the book. So I always look for three things when I write a book. Uh, A personal connection. So am I personally connected to the content? The second thing is a real need. Do people actually need it? The third is, is there a spot for it in the marketplace? Because let's say I only have, I find a need, I find a spot for it in the marketplace, but I'm not personally connected to it. That's a day job. I've just created mm-hmm. a day job. Let's say I find- So then get, you give it to someone else. Give Let me to hire else. someone not, to do not this. Not for or, me. Yeah. Not for me. But yeah. let's say I find something I'm super passionate about. It's not being served in the market, but nobody needs it. Mm-hmm. That's a hobby. And that's okay. Like, I love yeah. that you're super in albino ferrets. Like, but that's <laughs> not a huge need. And so for this, we asked 10,000 people. The, this is incredible, this part. The researcher and I asked 10,000 people, you know, do you struggle with overthinking? And 99.5% of them said yes. And that was before 2020. 2020 was catnip for overthinking. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm excited about it because I, 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 I've never run into somebody like, and when I asked people in the research about overthinking, I couldn't find a single person who overthought compliments about themselves. Yeah. I couldn't find a single person whose problem was, I just tell myself I'm too good of a mom all the time. Like, and it's really, I'm just too encouraging <laughs> is my problem. Right. So if I could do that. It's usually the opposite. People feel drained. People feel, you know, inadequate, discouraged. Mm-hmm. And so the chance to kind of speak to that and share some ideas about that is really fun. Who are you thinking about when you're writing? Because I, I would imagine with some of your books, you're thinking about, like, start. You're thinking mm-hmm. about people who have a book in them or have a business in them, have a something entrepreneurial. Who were you thinking about when you were writing soundtracks? I mean, it's, you know how it is with a book. You start to think about it for everybody, like the people you're interacting with. So, I mean, for me, the first person I start to think about is the me I used to be. And I go, okay, who did, like, what would I, when I've been stuck, what would have helped me get unstuck? So, um, and you know, what, what do I wish I had then? And I think there's a lot of great books that start that way. So like, somebody gets divorced and they go to the bookstore and they look for the book and it's not there and they go, no one's ever going to go through a divorce and not have this book again. Like I'm going to help them. So I'm an overthinker. And so in 2008, I'm stuck at a job. I've hit a ceiling. Uh, There's nowhere to go. My career is on pause and I start kind of blogging and I get asked to speak at an event um, and I've never spoken at an event. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know Mm -hmm. you got paid, but I had one new soundtrack, one new thought that said, I think I can do that. And that changed my life. Like that thought, which I turned into action, which turned into results, changed my life. So I got curious over the last 10 years, are other people overthinking things? Because if you look at the research and the books about it, 
a lot of people position it from a stop it, stop doing that. Yes. And one, I think that's impossible. Two, it's not helpful advice. Like it's not, I mean, in the same way that like any advice where somebody goes, stop eating that. And you go, I hadn't thought of that. Right. right. You didn't tell me to quit. I'll be thin tomorrow. (laughs) I'll be thin tomorrow. You've changed everything. Thank you. And so my thing was like, I'm an amazing thinker. Why would I ever turn off that Mm. machine? What if I just fed it with thoughts that helped me versus hurt me? What if I fed it with thoughts that pushed me forward versus pulled me back? Can you imagine what I could do if I was telling myself the right kind of story? Because the story you'll hear more than any other story in your life is the story you tell yourself about yourself. What if it was a good story that actually helped you? That was kind of the premise. And then I just started jumping in. Hey friends, taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Third Love. Y'all know this, you've heard me say it before, but I absolutely love my Third Love bras. They're designed using the measurements of millions of real women, so they provide the perfect fit, all day comfort and support. Third Love features more than 80 sizes, which means you're sure to find the one that's right for you. Every Third Love bra is made with signature memory foam cups, no slip straps, and a scratch-free band. You can always count on them to be comfortable. You've heard me talk about how much I love their Fit Finder quiz before. Well, Third Love recently launched the Fitting Room. It's a new and improved version of the quiz that we all know and love. It's like a personal shopper just for bras. It focuses on size, any fit issues you're having, and your personal style to deliver bras and underwear that are perfect for you. Throughout the quiz, fit stylists are available for one-on-one chats to answer your questions. It's far superior to the traditional bra fitting experience because this one you can do from the comfort and convenience of your own home. So far, the fitting room has helped 18 million women find their true bra size and you can be next. Third Love stands behind their products with their perfect fit promise. If you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free for 60 days. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for every woman. So right now they are offering my friends 20% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash sounds fun right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash sounds fun for 20% off today. And now back to our conversation with John. Why'd you call it soundtracks? Why'd you call what happens in our brains soundtracks instead of thought patterns or how you're thinking? Because I think it's true. Like, think about this. Like, when you see a movie scene and it's a peaceful street and it's a beautiful day and they play an ominous song, it changes the whole feeling. Yeah, Suddenly, like, oh, don't go oh. in that house. It's too quiet. You know, there's a murder in there and it's like, but if they play a peaceful song that's a kind song, it changes it into a kind scene. Uh-huh. And so I just thought that, you know, that's what our thoughts are like. They're like these soundtracks we have on a loop that sometimes we don't even know they're there because we've heard them for so long and then what happens if we get to change them see the crazy thing for me is most people don't understand they get to choose their thoughts Mm -hmm. they think a thought is something you have not something you hone Mm. and so if you start to understand you have the permission and the power to change what you think and Mm -hmm. how you think it changes everything and even my most type a friends because you and i know a bunch of type a friends that are super aggressive and organized and detailed and high performing and they lay out their clothes the night before so that they go to the gym yeah they don't lay out their thoughts very few people go i have a big Mm. negotiation next thursday i'm going to bring three soundtracks that i think about and listen to so that i don't get stuck or hey i got screwed in a business deal once and i know that soundtrack's still going with me so i want to make sure i put that one on pause before i go into this new deal because i don't want that music playing Mm. i said that to you right before. We talked about a business situation. I said, hey, I've got this broken soundtrack from the past. I want to be upfront about it. It's not something I actively listen to, but that's in the mix. And so let's have a kind con- like that changes your ability mm-hmm. to do everything. So that's where I get super excited about it. Is it exhausting? 
Is this going to be exhausting for us to start switching these soundtracks? No, no. That's the fun part. Yeah. Like, because think about it this way. The, the book, I try to teach you how to do three basic things. Retire the broken soundtracks, mm-hmm. replace them with new ones, repeat them so often they become as automatic as the old ones. Mm. That's it. Mm. And so if you said to me, okay, well, how do I retire broken soundtracks? I'd say, one, don't look at every thought. You have too many thoughts. We have mm-hmm. millions of thoughts. I'm just saying take the loudest thoughts you have, yeah. the blaring ones, and ask them three simple questions. Is it true? Is this thing I'm hearing true? Is it helpful? Does it push me forward? Is it kind? Would mm. I say it to a friend? So wow. no, like you should be exhausted. Like if the book was 700 pages, like yeah. the last thing an overthinker needs is a long, complicated <laughs> book. <laughs> My right. job as an author is I put handles on ideas because yeah. we have enough ideas in the world. Yeah. We don't have handles to pick them up. Right. So I put so many handles so you can go, okay, I can bring this to a Thursday. I can ask myself those three questions. I'm not analyzing every thought. Yeah. That's why people don't like books about overthinking because sometimes they're so complicated. You're already an overthinker and then they give you more things that's how i feel that's it feels like i don't and i know this isn't because i've read soundtracks but i'm saying to you sometimes the thinking books feel like diet books no they're so yeah like okay here we go just measure every gram of every (laughs) kernel of corn yes no yeah that sounds miserable right no i don't i don't want to do that you shouldn't want to do that yeah so no my my thing is there's simple ways to do it um and it's fun yeah and there's freedom and it ends in joy and so yeah that that's how i approached it where does your faith connect with this? Well, I mean, the Bible is is packed with renew your mind. Think yeah. of what's true, what's noble, what's beautiful. Yeah. Take every thought captive. I mean, the Bible begs us to take thinking seriously. Mm-hmm. The Bible begs us to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Your action starts with what you thought about your action, which leads to your result. Look, no, no, care about what you think. And so, yeah, the, to me, finding Bible verses that talk about thinking is, you know, so easy to do. Yeah. Well, you talk a little bit about as much as you want to or not want to. Your Saturday morning group of guys who runs together? Sure, sure. That's been, it's probably been two years now. Um, our mutual friend, Rob Sintel, one day was just like, hey, we've been running, you know, do you want to join? And that was just such a gift. And so it's me, two elders at our church. Mm-hmm. Um, one's a campus pastor now, actually. Yeah, that's um, right. It's awesome. I love that guy. And <laughs> Upgrade, then, downgrade. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's great. Good it's for great. him. Side. I don't, I don't yeah, know which one's knows? more stressful for him. Yeah, I think they're both <laughs> stressful. Um, and then our, then our pastor, Kevin. And so we- Pastor of the pod. People yep, know him exactly. Well. Yep. We run down to the um, to a church. We run a couple places now, but for the first year and a half, it was this church from the eighteen hundreds, and we pl- pray in this little side room. And I've never prayed out loud for thirty minutes with other dudes. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's been fun. And so, like the book, for instance, Jenny told me two years ago or three years ago, you're a jerk for two years when you write a book. You're a jerk for two years when you sell it, and like that's not. That, that ain't wow. it, dude. Like, yeah. that's not the career we're doing. Yeah. And so something has to change. And she didn't even say jerk. She said a much worse word. But we'll <laughs> pray for her. So vulgar. Um, and so, uh, so like, she was right. And so I decided the book's going to be light and easy. Writing the book's going to be light and easy. And yeah. I wrote that as my soundtrack because that's what I'm promised. I'm promised that the burden is light and easy. Yeah. And so I put that up on a, on a sticker. I told yeah. the guys that. I prayed over this book so many times. And so that's been the process. But having men that I can process things out loud with in prayer, mm. like it changes everything. And I've got another guy, uh, Ben, that I walk with. Um, and I love, like Ben and I go on long walks like once a week. And I told him just the other day, um, he was like, how are things going? I was like, man, I missed this opportunity 
and it made me feel sad and it made me feel afraid. Like I'd never get another opportunity. It made me feel dumb for not taking it. And he was like, well, if you'd taken that opportunity, what would you have more of that you don't have now? And I was like, oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. It's great. And then the second question he said was, would you have gone deeper into your ego or deeper into your heart? And I didn't have to wait a second to answer that one. I said, I would have gone deeper in my ego. And he said, well, that makes me sad because I don't think you would have valued these walks and I would have missed them. And so like, I don't get to receive that gift unless I'm honest about that feeling. Mm -hmm. So like when you are, when you recognize that kind of things, like the world opens up. Yeah. Those soundtracks that, I mean, because you mentioned how important community is. I think that, especially as a person who's not married yet, that is such a, if my community does not speak into my soundtrack, I drown. Oh, you're gone. Forget yeah. it. Forget yeah. it. I asked a, I asked somebody the other day, I was like, why do leaders fall? Why do influencers fall? Because I'm curious about that because I would not like to do that. Yes, you and I would <laughs> like to finish this game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he said there's two things. He said one is they're isolated. And that one is obvious to me. Like mm-hmm. the, the phrase I always say is leaders who can't be questioned always end up doing questionable things. Mm. Like, and so the second thing was surprising though. He said he studied leaders who fall and they never have a life-giving hobby, which ties into your book. He said that is one of the biggest signs of potential failure because your work, your identity, everything gets wrapped up in one thing and you have no life-giving hobby where you're an amateur, where you're having fun, where it's not to scale, where it's not to like, so I mean, you know that better than anybody. Like that matters. Yeah, that matters. When you think about your life, how much does not getting taken out of this game matter to you? How much do you think about that? I think about it a lot. I, I told too. I told uh, Chip Dodd is my counselor. Mm-hmm. I love Chip Dodd. Um, and I told him the other day, like, I don't want to go back to the worst version of me. Like, I know the worst version. Mm-hmm. Like, And he was like, well, then tell five men you love and trust. Like, hey, I don't want to go back to that. Will you please hold me? Will you please hold me accountable? Mm-hmm. Like, and so I've had those conversations. Like, yeah. and so like I'm active about that. And I'm, I'm I mean, like we're told to flee. Like yeah. it's not told like to casually stroll. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's something I it's something I think about. Um, it's I feel like we we're all given these little things to steward, and I want to steward it well. Mm-hmm. Like I love the story of the talents. Like yeah. the guy who got the five wasn't like I should have gotten more. Like the right. guy who like he didn't he just went and did it. Said so he yeah. immediately put it to work. Yeah, and he hustled on it. And so like I want to be able to do that and mm-hmm. feel the joy of of stewarding the thing I've been given and not make it my ego. And it's tempting. Yeah. Like it's constantly tempting. But like we both know and love Al Andrews. Like yeah. Al says the human soul isn't designed for fame. Yes. And so I'm constantly going, okay, how do I live fully out of this? Like I want I want a million people to read soundtracks. Yeah. I think it'll help a million people. Um, but how do I also hold it with an open hand so that I don't make it my identity? Yeah. Because um, I know the the best things that have happened to me were received, not earned. Um, wow. And so if I can stay open-handed, then like, like, I mean, I would say to you, the best thing that happened in my career was working for Dave Ramsey mm-hmm. by far. Fast forward mm-hmm. to my career by 10 years. I got that opportunity because I was writing a blog called Stuff Christians Like that somebody who worked there read, like mm-hmm. a random person read and said, hey, here's this guy. We should have him come speak to us. I didn't make that dude do that. Mm-hmm. Like that happened and that changed Jenny and I's life, my family's life. We're in Nashville because of that. Mm-hmm. I didn't force that. I received that. Now wow. I had to write the blog. Like I was I, like, they didn't just find me in my room alone. Right. Like I was sharing <laughs> ideas. But so I try to remember moments like that, that I didn't force that. I received that. So I don't have to force the next thing. Man, I think I need to hear that. I think a lot of us need to hear that, that the best things in life are stuff that you receive, not earn. Yeah, I, I, I want favor That's, versus ooh. hustle. 
Like, Ooh, I mean, that to me. You have been with Pastor Kevin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I want, I want peace versus control. Yeah. There's no amount of my control that'll give me real peace. Mm, yeah. I, after, my, all our friends listening know this, but after 2020, I decided to do Invisalign for one reason, mm. because I can control it. Yeah. I needed to, I, I lost, we lost control of so many things. Yep. And I, and in my process of learning how to live with less control of that was always kind of fake anyway. Yeah. We didn't really have much control as we thought. No. I went like, well, if we direct it toward this one thing, that'll be part of the healing. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so literally yep. when I go, I can't control this. This is all going. I'm like, but your teeth are getting straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is exactly. all I've yeah, got, John. That's great. That's great. <laughs> is that okay? Are we allowed to have directional control? Uh, I think 100%. Okay. I mean, I control that I go running. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, like, I enjoy that. I, like, I love Lego sets. Like, yeah. I put together Lego sets because it's the only thing in my life that has clear instructions. Yeah. Where, like, nothing about being an author or a speaker or whatever, like, our jobs are largely made up. Yeah. And so, like, but a Lego set that has printed out directions that I can turn off my, like, other people knit, other people Yeah, why Legos over a puzzle? I just love, like, I can get a 911 car that uh-huh. at the end is a cool car that I put on a shelf. Where, like, Got a puzzle it. at the end of it is, like, Thomas Kincaid's The Painter of Light. <laughs> like, that just doesn't. And then you crumple it back up. Yeah, and put it in a box. Yeah, yeah, like, we're like this. Like, so I love it. That is my jam. And it's, like, the nerdiest thing I do, but I love it. Do you leave a Lego set out? Like, do you have one going all the time? Yeah, I have the uh, Defender going right now. Yeah. I have, like, half of Lego is thinking about the next Lego set you're going to buy. And Jenny's like, yeah. please, because you're not supposed to say Legos. Like, if you're a oh. nerd, it's not plural. It's, it's never pluralized. Lego. It's okay. Lego. So Jenny will wow. be like, please don't do that because that's super nerdy. And I'll be like, a Lego set? And she's like, that's what I mean. <laughs> Say Legos. Like Her one rule is she's like, you can do cars. Uh-huh. You can't do Star Wars. <gasps> no, she's you like, can't make any of the Star like, Wars. She's like, you can't. And I go, what about this? What if I do vehicles? And she said, I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> what you're trying to do is get space destroyers in. So no, cars, so no, earthbound cars, because she could see me expanding universes yes. with my definition of vehicles. That's right. That's yeah. right. We've been married 20 years, so she she's pretty good at my games. She's good at everything. Yeah, she Let's is just, crazy. It, she needs a podcast. Like, I thought holy cow. Is, is she on yours? I saw you post about it. I, we did a uh, live teaching on how to be married to a dreamer. That's right. That's yeah. right. Can people still watch that? No. Oh, too it bad. It was very rare. Yeah. Jenny is like a unicorn. Yeah, she really. Is, she has her undergrad in photojournalism and her master's in construction management. So like when I think of a renaissance person, like nobody goes, I'm going to undergrad in photojournalism, then I'm going to get a full ride to Georgia Tech for construction management yeah. in an industry women usually aren't in. Yes. I'm going to crush that. Yeah. And so like when people like people meet and go, your wife's really smart. I'm like, I know. Yeah. And when I listen to her ideas, I'm smart too. She also knits. Yep. She also bakes. She was born to be, I'm very glad she married you, full stop. Mm. She was born to be a pioneer woman, like she, just to live out on the range. You should see her, like her feed of Instagram followers. It's <laughs> always like, oh, they got some new cows, like ballerina <laughs> farms. There you go. Ballerina farms is a ballerina who moved to Utah with her husband. Uh-huh. They have like seven adorable kids and they yeah. have a farm and they're amazing. So there's your like, oh, I'll check out ballerina farms. Yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. account. Yeah. And Jenny just loves them. Jenny just loves them. When it comes to soundtracks, how important are they between you and your spouse? A hundred percent. Like, uh, like Jenny called me on one the other day. So I, we were driving to Memphis. It was pouring down rain. We were 10 minutes from the, from the hotel, um, for my daughter's lacrosse tournament. And I was like, oh no, did we forget umbrellas? And I felt this anxiety, but I didn't want to tell Jenny I've got anxiety. So I was like, if I ask her about the umbrellas now, that'll frustrate her. Cause like 
she hates when we ask her for things she can't do in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, you know when you should ask about the umbrellas? When we're at home, when we're (laughs) in the driveway, not 10 minutes from the hot, we're three hours away. And so the way I asked the question, I said, how many umbrellas did you bring? And she said, stop it. (laughs) I see exactly. She said, I see what you're trying to do. You're tricking me with math. Just say, hey, I'm sorry, I forgot umbrellas. Did you bring any? Yeah. And so I think they're really important. I mean, I think every company has soundtracks. All a company culture is is agreed upon soundtracks that people are listening to at the same time. Wow. And a lot of times they're not on purpose. They're just yeah. accidental. Yeah. Um, every family has soundtracks. Some of them are important. Some of them are small. Most of them are unwritten. Every couple has soundtracks. Should you write um, them? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. Okay. Keep yeah, going. I, I love, you know, for, for our family, one of ours is um, early is on time. We like we like to be on, like early to places. Another one is we don't show up hungry. If we go on a road trip to see friends, we don't roll in at six p.m. going feed us, yeah. unless there's a dinner because that's a rude thing to do. So right. we're like we don't show up hungry. We also say we're not middle campers because a middle camper <laughs> when you go on a ring, like when you go camp at a campsite that has rings, uh-huh. usually what'll happen is you're against the lake and all these spots are against the lake and in the middle is like a cul-de-sac of the people who booked the last second and are uh-huh. now essentially camping on a parking lot. Okay. And so we're like, no, no, no. no. We Like you plan ahead. We're not middle campers. And okay. so you as a family develop all these fun kind of like, no, this is how we do things. Or Jenny, my daughter, Ellie, my oldest daughter, she was in band. About to go to college. About to go to college next year. So she got a 34 on ACT, which is fantastic. <laughs> three three times in a row. She's Ellie. got a super score 35. And she's like, I just want a genuine 35. I'm like, baby, I was nowhere near that as a, like, I have street smarts. I think people <laughs> listening right now are like, he's got street smarts. <laughs> um, but Ellie, so in band, you work your way up in chairs. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. and um, she challenged somebody above her and he said, oh, what are you, one of those tryhards? And and she was like, yeah, that's right. I'm oh, a, I'm a tryhard. Yes. So we wore that, like, we now wear that as like, yeah, we're a tryhard. Like, yeah. that's what, so yeah, you develop them as a family, um, what works for you. And so yeah, couples, spout, you know, families, companies, they all need them. Talk to me about my company when I'm thinking, because there's a lot of friends listening who have one employee or five yeah. employees or are thinking about hiring their first person to help them. How how do I know what the soundtracks are that everyone's already hearing? Well, one is you ask them. I okay. mean, you give them a space. Like I, I tell people, when you ask somebody what they need, they become visible and valuable. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone right now wants to know. Do you mm-hmm. see me? Do I matter? Mm-hmm. So if you even had a meeting and said, hey, I want to do a regular temperature check. Like, what are some, what do you think are some unspoken, mm-hmm. you know, soundtracks? What mm-hmm. do you, you know, what would you say are the soundtracks of the company? Not the vision statement, not the mission statement. Like, what's really going on? And somebody mm-hmm. might go, well, you say you have an open door policy, but like, if we bother you, there's, you, you react in anger, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, and so like, maybe you really don't have that. Mm-hmm. So I think you just have to create the space for it. So that people even feel like they can say, like the woman saying to me, like, hey, you were a jerk in that meeting. Yeah. I was, yeah, it made me feel like I got punched in the stomach. But yeah. she was right. And ultimately, in the back end of it, I was glad she said it mm-hmm. because that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like, I want her to feel the freedom to go, hey, that that's not going to work. Like, yeah. and here's what it costs because I don't want to do that in another meeting, in another meeting. Right. And so, and so, like, that, you create a space where you can have the conversation. So should I have five that we write down and know or should I – should I have 10? What's it? What is I it? like to collect as many as possible. Like wow. I'm a collector of them. Okay. And not that I memorize them, but like there's going to be different seasons where they're helpful. I always tell people they don't have to be super like amazing. They don't have to be just do it. Like don't put that pressure on yourself. Like <laughs> yeah. right out of the gate, like borrow somebody else's. Like mm-hmm. I'll give you an example from a mutual friend of ours, Patsy Claremont. Mm-hmm. Um, we were having lunch 
And I said, hey, um, she gave me two soundtracks. I said, how do you best write? And I thought mm-hmm. she'd say, in the morning with a cup of coffee or the right. sky is rising, whatever. Right. And she said, under obligation. And I was like, oh. I love that because it gave me freedom that I'm not the type of writer that I've got 10 books going that I hope someday, like, I need a deadline. I need some yep. people to report to. So that, so like under obligation, that's a soundtrack for me. Mm-hmm. So then the second thing she said, the first book she wrote, it came back with red ink all over it mm-hmm. and it devastated her, the yeah. feedback. And she asked the editor to change to change the color. And she said the next book came back with green ink over it and instead of dying, it felt like she was growing. And I was wow. like, what? So imagine if the next time your team got feedback, you said, remember, feedback is growth. Feedback is growth yeah, versus yeah. it's an attack versus it's personal, mm-hmm. whatever, feedback is growth. So I like, the way I look at it is this, like Dorothy Parker, and I put this in the book, her definition of creativity is a wild mind and a disciplined eye. So the wildness is you fill your head with all these different ideas. The discipline is you see the connection between them in a fresh way. Mm. So what I like to do is I like to have a lot of things in there. Something Patsy Claremont said, something, you know, I heard on the radio, a song lyric, a question from a friend. Like those are the things I'm collecting because... Do you write them down somewhere? Yeah. Well, I write them down and then I'm like, once you see soundtracks, you start to see them everywhere. Okay. Um, So like the other day, somebody said to me, they're like, hey, how do I get over imposter syndrome? And I was like, that's the wrong soundtrack. You change the word over to through because over is a word of perfectionism as if you go over one wall and you're done with it. You say, how do I go through imposter syndrome? Because I've written seven books. I still struggle with, am I a real writer? Like you go through it. And so like you listen to other people. I collect them. I'm always curious about them. But no, I'm not like making some lists that I have to have perfect, like not at all. Like that sounds fun as a soundtrack. Like, okay, hey, yeah. how am I picking something I care about? That sounds fun. Like, and that's yeah. enough. Like, that sounds fun as a complete soundtrack. It's not, that sounds fun and we'll be able to scale it and it'll do it. Like, no, it sounds fun. So sounds we fun. did it. We did yeah. the thing because it sounded fun. Like, that's a beautiful soundtrack. I mean, that is exactly Dollywood. That's yeah. exactly why we're going to Dollywood because we went like, you know what sounds fun to celebrate? That sounds fun, the book. Yeah. If we all just went to Dollywood. I want to retire to Dollywood. Like, I know I'm not currently yes. a blacksmith, but I hope between now and retirement, <laughs> I'll learn so that, like, Jenny and I can move to Gatlinburg. Uh-huh. But when you go, you ha- I don't know if you'll have time. You have to go to Parrot Mountain. I don't know Parrot Mountain. Exactly. Parrot Mountain. It's what right it? across the street from Dollywood. Okay. And it's a bird sanctuary, and it's full of, like, hundreds of exotic birds. Baby birds are all around. They get on your shoulder. And it's the cutest thing because, like, Birds live for like 80 years. And so it'll be a bird that's lived with a woman for 60 years and uh-huh. she's passed away. And the bird's name is Frank. And he's there and he's a cockatoo and he goes, hi, hi, hi. And Frank will get on your shoulder and you're like, it's going to be okay, Frank. Right. Like, it's amazing. It's gorgeous. It's right across from Dollywood. I had And no they did idea. not pay me to do this. No. Like, I have, <laughs> my own, I have my own podcast <laughs> and I want sponsors like Albany's Gummy Bears because I talk about those. <laughs> Parrot, I don't know what Parrot Mountain's podcast budget is. <laughs> But, you know, slide into those DMs. Eddie, Eddie Koppels and I on Annie and Eddie Keep Talking call it reverse sponsors, where we are actually buying things and then talking about oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I we're do like, a lot we got of, a lot of reverse sponsors. I do a lot of that. That's a nice way to say it. That <laughs> yeah. is a nice way to say it. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Brooklyn. And some mornings you wake up energized and ready to take on the day, and other days you feel more like putting the covers over your head and going back to sleep. I get it. But let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why, okay? Don't love your sheets? Brooklinen has you covered. So Rich and Vicky started Brooklinen because, like you and me, they were trying to find beautiful home essentials that didn't break the bank. 
And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen. It's the first direct-to-consumer bedding company, and they work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available to you without the luxury level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and taste. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. They are so confident you will love their products. They even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. I absolutely love my Brooklinen sheets. I own multiple sets, so I actually never have to sleep on any others, even when one set is in the wash. But Brooklinen is so much more than sheets, y'all. They've got comforters and pillows, towels, even loungewear, and more. It's 2021. Do something nice for yourself to help you do that. Brooklinen has a special offer. Go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code that sounds fun to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. That's B R O O K L I N E N.com and enter promo code that sounds fun to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com and use promo code that sounds fun at checkout. And now back to finish our conversation. Okay, so soundtracks are that easy to find in our lives. And so to here's, me, here's one. If you wanted to yep. find a broken soundtrack, here's a really easy exercise. Think about something you want to do. It can okay. be something small. It can be something big. I want to write a book. I want to reach out to a friend. Mm-hmm. I want to you know, start a business. And then listen to the reaction. Like when in you, your own head. In your own head. A reaction is an education. So what did you do? Like, what's the first thing that came up? You're too old for that. You're too young for that. Um, That'll never work. Like, remember what happened last time? Like, you can expose a broken soundtrack that easily. So Mm -hmm. I'm not telling people to go on some long vision quest of a journey. Like, we're all busy. Like, no one right now listening is like, I just don't have enough going on. I was looking for, like, some more stuff to do. Do you have (laughs) any stuff that I can do? Right. No, we're all so busy. So I just think there's easy ways for us to look into it. And then once you start to see the power of the change, Mm -hmm. you start to really enjoy it. Say that education line again. Yeah, every reaction every reaction is an education. Because I'm hearing myself in my head. I'm I'm doing what you're telling me to do. There's a thing I want to do and for someone else. And the first sentence in my head is, that's going to cost a lot of money. And then I go, here's my education to my reaction. You are worried about money. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So Wait a second. The, Whoa. Yeah. Let's pause on that. Or like I say, every we have a soundtrack for every person in our life. So there's people that we all have where we get a text before you've even read the text. We go, oh, they're going to ask me for a favor. Oh, like you have a soundtrack, yes, so you true. should go. Wait a second. I just reacted that way. Is it the way that's going to help me the most in the relationship? Mm. And if it's not, well, maybe I want to change that. Maybe I need mm-hmm. to rewrite. And it can be a flip. Like I always say, like just flip it. So I, I tell a story in the book. I came home from a long trip and I, it was super stressful and it was like 4 p.m. and mm. I had like worked like crazy and I was going to go back into the office and I was like, I'm the worst boss to myself. Like, mm. And then I said, I didn't go, okay, well, what do I do with that? I said, okay, what would the best boss do? I just wow. flipped it. And then the best boss would say, hey, take the rest of the day off. Hey, mm. take your wife out to dinner. Like, yeah. And so I am the worst flip. boss to myself. Wow. Yeah. And so when you flip it, I go, what would the best boss do? And the best boss wouldn't go, I know you worked for the last 72 hours, but like there's still more to do. We don't live in a done culture. We haven't lived in a done culture for 50 years. So if your boss, if the boss of you says you can't relax until you're done, you'll never relax because we don't live in a done culture. 50 years ago it was though? It was more so. There wasn't like there wasn't uh, email. There wasn't yeah. social media. Like we worked work, less hours. Like yeah. work was off. They couldn't reach you. Malcolm Gladwell talked about that in the eighties. He was working on a big story and he went home and 
somebody passed away, some important political figure, and they just couldn't reach him. He was unreachable. No one is unreachable right now. So like even things like that change. Like, And I I keep talking to uh, businesses with virtual events, and they all say, we're worried about our people because they'll send us emails at 5 a.m. and at midnight because Mm -hmm. nobody has a natural off. We have forgotten that we all benefited from the natural off of you drove to your house, the day was over, you left the building, and now you were home. Now your home is your office, is your everything, and people don't have good off switches. And so they're, you know, they get stuck. So yeah, I think it was easier 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll probably be, you know, I think every generation struggles with it in some way, though. I'm, I am a boss of people. I am not the best boss. I'm learning a lot. Mm. And I've made some big mistakes recently. But <laughs> on Fridays, one of the last questions I ask is, what do you need from me to have a weekend? Mm. Because, because we, if we do, I just know that if we don't have boundaries like that, we won't be in this the long haul. Yeah. We won't make it. And well, and the problem is, like, you become a workaholic at things you love, not things you hate. Like mm. when you hate something, you can't wait to not do it. When you love it, yeah. you always want to do it. Yeah. And that's the temptation. So like you should love the stuff you do. Like you've built an amazing career, amazing company. Like it's fun. So it would be really easy to let it bleed into everything. Mm-hmm. Have no hobbies. It becomes your whole thing. And then you go, man, I had this beautiful thing. But like the more monster kind of swallowed it all up. Yes. So, And that was one of when people ask me about 2020, I often say I had spent the first eight years of my career balancing work and life and 2020 took my life yeah, and just left me work. yeah. And so I am pendulum swinging back trying to find work-life balance again. And mm-hmm. I lost it last year and the company grew because sure. we had a ton of success yep. that we weren't expecting and a ton of new ideas that we weren't expecting because I had no work-life balance. Yeah. And, and so now I'm having to redo that soundtrack in my head mm-hmm. that says... Well, if you don't work, everybody else loses their job. Yeah. That actually yeah. is true, right. but it is not helpful and it is not kind. Well, and it, the, if, I always tell people, pull the thread. It's always good to think about the thought behind the thought. So mm. pull the thread. So if you pull the thread of that one, eventually it ends with Annie is God. Like Annie is God oh, because, whoops. yeah, that's true. Like you <laughs> might have people lose their jobs, but guess what? They'll get other jobs. Like yeah. it's not like the, your staff is 27, 28 years old. I would be blown away if a 28-year-old here lost their job and was like, I don't get to work for the next four decades. <laughs> like Annie Downs, Annie F. Downs is that powerful. Like that's how right? powerful she is. I, I lost my job and now I can't work for another 40 years. I'm not saying that like eliminates all the pressure of it, but you have to know, okay, like, it's again, it's holding it with an open hand and being like, thing, I'm going to give it all. I'm going to give it all. I'm going to give it all. I'm not going to use that as fuel. Like, cause if I don't do more, people lose their job is a terrible fuel. It's a good short-term fuel, but it eventually burns you out. Trying to prove yourself to somebody else. Good short-term fuel eventually burns you out. Mm. Anger, good short-term fuel eventually burns yourself out. Wow. Like you have to have joy be your fuel. And the only reason I know wow. that I went through a crisis with a career thing once and I learned that I could function in a crisis, which is great. That's a true statement. But then it changed into, I need a crisis to perform. Mm. And then I end up being a crisis creator because in the absence of a fire, you become an arsonist. Like if that's all you know how to perform. (laughs) And so like you're kind like, that's why it's so fascinating to me. There's a friend of mine who we often will say to her, is it Dolly Parton? It is. I, I know to, you're friends with you Dolly open, Parton. You opened for Dolly. You got more than me. I know you, you are. I know you are, Annie F. Downs. <laughs> I, I can't wait for her oh, to be I on wish. this network. Yes, that's right. When Dolly has a pod and it's on the network, that's the day. 
We have a friend who we will say to her, when nothing dramatic's going on, you create it. Yeah. And that is hard because that means you usually turn on someone. Yeah, it's hard to live with. Yeah. It, it just, it is, and you don't get to enjoy good things. My wife would say, you need a crisis to function, which mm. doesn't allow you to enjoy the good life we have. Wow. Because you have to constantly, like, I got to save the farm. Like, we're real yeah. close. Like, if you're deadline addicted, you constantly wait until the last second. Like, that's the kind of stuff that happens. What does this look like? The, the short-term fuel not being good long-term, what's that look like for a stay-at-home mom? What's her short-term fuel that's going to end up burning out in the long run? A short-term fuel would be the fear of my kids becoming terrible. So, like, a mom uh. going to... I'm one bad choice for my kid dealing heroin. Like I know, I know they're only seven, but if I mess this up, <laughs> in next just stop, a few years, <laughs> heroin, heroin. Like, and you go, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like there's seven. Like you lied about a Pokemon card. Right. Like you messed it up. You didn't do the right thing. Like we'll figure it out. Like yeah. that's that. I mean, that's the whole thing of like the version of parenting versus the CEO who the person loses the job is like. You're still not God in that situation. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, we all know families that have three kids and two are amazing and one made some terrible choices. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you wouldn't go to the parent. I guess you completely parented that kid differently. You'd go, <laughs> wow, that kid made some tough choices and that's really hard. And we want to come back. Like, yeah. but you wouldn't say like, I guess you're not a great parent. Like, <laughs> I guess you're a failure as a parent. So yeah, yeah short term view would be if I don't perform perfectly as a mom, my kids will become monsters. Yeah. I I can imagine there are some moms and dads listening who are hearing uh, soundtracks that are maybe affecting their parenting. Now that you've got two high schoolers mm-hmm. and one who's prepping to fly the coop, w- what do you know about soundtracks in family now that you didn't know when they were six and four or six and three? Well, I know that um, part of your job as a parent is to go first. Like mm-hmm. it's hard to go first with vulnerability it's easier to go second. So my mm-hmm. thing is when you as a parent go first, you give every kid in your family the gift of going second. Mm-hmm. So when I say, I'm sorry I did that, here's why I did that, like when I apologize to my kids, it gives them room to go, okay, we get to be vulnerable. Like yeah. we get to have access to that. So I think a big part of it is is doing that um, as a parent. And then the other thing is what I learned now versus like, when I was younger is I'll have people that are 45 that'll say, hey, how do I get my 15-year-old into goal-setting books? You know, because I write goal like goal-setting books, yeah. and they'll say, I'm reading them, and I love them. How do I get my 15-year-old into them? And I'll go, well, you gave yourself 30 extra years to get into them. You gave yourself <laughs> three extra decades. Right. Like, you weren't reading those books at 15. Uh-huh. Like, because you're 45, don't put that expectation on a 15-year-old. So I think now, as a parent, I have a little more grace for my kids mm-hmm. versus, like, so I try to run beside them, not in front of them, dragging them. Yeah. Like, if I'll run along with him, if McCray says, hey, I, w- I want to run a 8.30 mile for the lacrosse team. Awesome. I'll run with you. I'll help you with that. But I don't suffocate her with my expectation of that. Right, right. And then she has a soundtrack. One of her soundtracks was that we said when we had run is like, it, th- that coat's going to be amazing because you got a coat yeah. when you're on the lacrosse team. She was like, yeah, that coat's going to be amazing. Yeah. So when we'd go running, we'd say that out loud to each other. And like, that's part of reinforcing like, yeah, you're doing great. Yeah. I, I think the thing I'm hearing you say that I, I you probably know you've done, but maybe not, is is – these soundtracks, the Try Hard soundtrack is the one that sticks out to me. What you're actually saying to all of us is like, start telling yourself that you're not an accident. Yeah. Start telling yourself that the way God made you is exactly who you're supposed to be. You're his workmanship. Yeah. Like you're his workmanship. Like, so, yeah, I mean, and like, I think it's Psalms 126 that says, when God brought the captives back to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Mm -hmm. And so men, women, like, imagine, it said our mouths were full of laughter. Like, Mm -hmm. be like somebody who dreams. Like, I, you know, I think so, like, I, 
I now define the gospel this way. Um, you've got so many gifts to open. Mm-hmm. And I think some people thought the gospel was you've got so much work to do. And wow. it's not that. It's you've got so many gifts to open. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I just, that was a soundtrack that I, I wrote the other day that was just yeah. – um, because I think that's what we expect. We expect to come to Christ, and it's you've got so much work to do. And I yeah. think it's the opposite. You've got so many gifts to open. Like yes, that. you've got so many gifts to open. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a gift. What a gift that is. Thank you, John. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Let me look at the time. No, I think, I think we said a lot of words. We did say a lot of words. We did say a lot of words. I'm going to ask you one final question and encourage our friends. I mean, I'm just I'm excited. This makes me want to read this with our team. Here. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I had a, a sales team uh, the other day that said, hey, our whole team read it. Um, yeah. It's been encouraging because it started off as conversations. Yeah, it just, it, I find myself feeling like we have a really beautiful garden here of employees mm. and team culture, but it needs, it's time to tend it really well for a few yeah. minutes. Yeah. And so tending it includes, I, I'm like, I want to know what their soundtracks are. What did they hear me? What did they hear me saying that I'm not saying? Well, here's somebody told me once that being the leader or being the CEO is like being the top gear on a pyramid of gears, mm-hmm. and you turn one eighth of a degree, and the one below you turns one half, and then like it just by the time you get to the bottom gear, it's going a million yep. miles an yep. hour, and so you have to be really deliberate. Mm-hmm. And you've seen that where you'll say, "I like the color blue," and then a project will show up that's all blue, and <laughs> and you go, "But I didn't mean like everything was blue. I just <laughs> I like some blue." And so like if you don't clearly communicate yeah. and give people the freedom to be who they yeah. are. Like, yeah, leadership's really fascinating that way. And I'm, I'm just learning. Ashley also on our team always says the person at the top thinks it's going the best. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's brutal that's to me. Good. Where yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so then you dig into that and you're like, I need some time alone. <laughs> I, well, I don't want to know what I don't my know. My thing is like, like leadership is like give a mouse a cookie mm. or like uh, just being an adult is you, you do the one thing and there's 17 other things you have to do and yes. you go, this is supposed to, I planned for this to take 10 minutes and it took 29 because there were 17 other dependencies I didn't know yes, about. Yes. John, thanks for what you teach us and thanks for soundtracks. I'm grateful. I'm excited about it. I appreciate it. it. Um, I think our friends listening are going to, I can't, I can't imagine a gathering of friends, whether it's a book club or a mom's group or a business that won't benefit from this. Oh, Church thanks. staff. I mean, this is the stuff we need. Um, the last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, and that is probably my main soundtrack, um, what sounds fun to you? The Exotic Pet Expo. Is that an answer you get Keep constantly? Go- yeah, I just am tired of it, but yeah. I want to hear your take Dude. on it. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. It is is the, that a thing? Yes. And the it Exotic is the be- Pet Expo. It is the best $2 you will ever spend in your entire it's life. $2? Yes. It's ridiculous. So... They have it at the Nashville Fairgrounds, and it is exactly what it is. It's like a zoo where you can buy every animal. <laughs> and it's a zoo where other people bring their own animals. Like, you'll be in line for it, and the person next to you will have a Kutamunde on their shoulder, which is like a Venezuelan <laughs> raccoon yeah. that apparently you can own. And then you go in, and you can, like, where else can you see a piece of paper where they list the price of a coyote? Yeah, and you're like, yeah. you know what? I do need a coyote. It is amazing. Is it all the time? How often? It's twice a year. I think the fall is the big one. I mean, they'll they'll open back up when there's live events. But we went. I got a shirt that had like like knuckles across it Uh instead of Thug Life. The tattoo said Frog Life because it was like a frog (laughs) dealer. And I was like, I'll get behind that. Like Jenny has to drag me out of that place because I like, dude, you can hold this giant python, and I'm not making this up. None of this is stick. It's just gospel. 
there's, you can hold a giant python and there's a sign, a warning sign that says, don't hold the python if you've recently held baby bunnies. Because the python will smell, <gasps> smell your hands it. and be like, this is some bunny and yeah. then bite you. So like, it is the best and people drive from all over the country. There's snakes and Tupperware. Like there's like, you're like, I want to buy like a sugar glider. Oh, I'll go to the sugar uh-huh. glider dealer. And uh-huh. you can buy a shirt that has a pocket sewn into the front to carry yeah. your sugar glider. Like you'll see people pushing baby strollers around with macaw parrots in them that are riding like plexiglass like the Pope. It no. is the best. <laughs> like there's it's monkeys a there. It's Pope mobile. Yeah, it is so good. And like, oh, I just. Oh, I want to go. It is the best. And again, like the people watching is amazing. The like the animals are amazing. I'm just fascinated. I love bumping into people that have like a curiosity that they've really leaned into. That's fun. And so like it's fun for me to do that. And just like you never know what's around the next corner. It's one of my favorite things about This American Life. Do you listen to that show? Oh yeah, yeah. Is that that's what they specialize in? It's the is best. Going, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, Ira Glass and I spoke at Willow Creek on the same weekend. Oh. If that is the setup did, for a joke, did you tell? Is there any? Better? Did you tell Dolly Parton that the last time you guys <laughs> yeah, were hanging right, out know, over right. like Pinochle or whatever <laughs> card games you play? I wish. And I, we were staying at the same hotel, and Ira told me Sunday morning. He said last night when we because uh, Willow Creek had a Saturday night service. On Sunday morning. After Saturday night, we go back to the hotel. Sunday morning, we get back in the car, and he says, um, you know, I was in, I was sitting down here in the restaurant last night, and did you know that in this hotel, there is a knitting conference? Well, I got my notebook out, and I walked through and asked a bunch of questions. Couldn't quite find the, the story that I wanted, but that was really interesting, and I was like, this is how I want to live my life. Yeah. Walking into exotic And nobody pet- knew he was doing that. Nope. That no. was just heart. Yeah. But uh, it was the same thing you said of like, when someone goes all in on something, yeah. I want to hear about it because yeah. I'm fascinated. If you're into, like, if you have a sticker about the Herpetological Society of America, which is, you know, snakes and amphibians and whatnot, like, I want to, if you sell poison dart frogs yeah. at the fairground, I want to know, like, okay, how'd you get into poison dart frogs? Like, yes. there was a doorway. There was a first <laughs> animal. So, like, yeah, I, I'm fascinated by that. But, yeah, please, when it opens up, again, it's too, like, you'll feel like you're stealing from them. Yeah. You'll be like, sir, let me play, pay 10. And it's too just to walk through. Yeah, yeah, totally. Wow. And but you can and you can also buy like again, we didn't buy anything. Um except we, your frog life shirt. Frog life shirt. Well, yeah. I was like, I want that guy to win. I yeah. want, you know what? <laughs> like he took the risk. He printed up a frog life shirt. Yeah. And I want the and Jenny was like, Oh my gosh, why are you buying that? <laughs> Actually, I think I bought it when she wasn't looking. I brought it to the car like a suit, like a like a trophy. And she was yeah, like, like, Oh by the way, we've already left, so I can't take it back. By, yeah, that guy doesn't you think they do refunds at the <laughs> the, the, the pet exo- no exotic pet expo? Okay, Exotic Pet Expo. When y'all go, I'm I'm 100% yeah, it's in. so good. I can't so wait. Good. Oh, and also, I have a podcast now. It's called All It Takes is a Goal. So if people like podcasts, they yes. should listen to that one. We'll link to it. Please do. It, how, what's the setup? Tell me about one episode. What are I'm we doing? a goal nerd. Yep. Because I think goals are the fastest way between where you are today and where you want to be tomorrow. Yeah. And finishing feels amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the reason that a restaurant frames the dollar bill behind the counter is not because of the amount of money they actually did it. So yeah. I want to help people have that finished feeling. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll link to it in the show notes so people can find it. Thanks for doing this, John. It was fun. I'm grateful. Oh, you guys, isn't he the best? Oh my gosh. I feel like I learned the entire time of that conversation. I mean, in friendships, in relationships, at work, with myself, in my relationship with God, it just feels like John has tapped into something that I have been trying to figure out and didn't have words for. And I am so grateful. You guys are going to love 
this book. Go grab a copy. It's Again, it's called Soundtracks. And go follow John if you don't already so you can tell him thanks for being on the show today. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs TSF. Like, that sounds fun on YouTube. And I'm Annie F. Downs, who's coming on tour in June. Oh, y'all, we're so excited. The podcast is going on tour. Okay, I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds really fun to you, and I will do the same. Hey, don't forget to pop over to AnnieFDowns.com and use the code FRIEND to get your tickets to That Sounds Fun podcast tour today. Please go today before we announce to everyone else tomorrow. Have a great day, friends, and we will see you back here on Monday with Francis Chan.